Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we're starting off our Premier League coverage for the 2018-19 season by having on Russ Goldman, a Fulham fan who you can find uh, on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman, also uh, very heavily involved in everything happening at Cottage Talk, which you can find at Cottage Talk. Fantastic content coming out from them over there. Um, now, Russ, we usually start uh, the season talking to the teams that got promoted. Uh, you are, are obviously the start of that process here. We usually also start with uh, the history of the clubs and everything like that, but Fulham have not been gone that long for most of our listeners, so we'll just jump into what happened last season and the process it took for you from the start of the season to a very long uh, season that happens in the championship that led to you being back in the Premier League. What was that process like uh, for you personally and for Fulham as a club? Well, it really was quite the journey, and uh, it's funny because we're going through a a little bit of a journey this uh, upcoming season getting ready for it because Fulham, uh, like many teams, you know, it, it starts with the summer and getting recruitment right. And uh, Fulham were leaving it kind of late to get their summer recruitment. And uh, I don't think that they got all the players that they wanted. And, uh, and unfortunately, there was an injury to start off the season to Tom Kearney, which really derailed the beginning of our season. Fulham did not start off as strong as we hoped uh, because the, the prior season, we started off pretty good to begin the season. We actually beat Newcastle and the season began well. Uh, the season that just passed did not start off the same way. And uh, it was unfortunate that it started off very slow because I think it affected us throughout the entire season. But a big part of that is a combination of the recruitment and then also the injury to Kearney because Kearney, is our main player was last season and I think will be again this season one of the players to watch. So Fulham really started slow and it really didn't start to heat up until near the beginning of the uh, calendar. I'm sorry, at the end of the calendar year, Fulham started to to push forward. And then um, and then as we got into January, where, where it really started to take off was the recruitment in the January transfer window because yeah. Fulham were – at a point where they were teetering, and uh, I was on the championship roundtable, and uh, we were having a conversation about my club and then also about Sheffield Wednesday and which one would be able to make a push in the second half of the season. And and I believe that Fulham would be able to do that if Kearney got healthy, which he did, and then, of course, if they got the recruitment right. And both things happened. And uh, two key ingredients were the additions of Matt Target at left back, which then allowed... Ryan Session to push more forward, which is really a position where I think he needs to be. And then they brought in uh, Alexander Mitrovic. And that, to me, was really the missing piece because they were struggling 
up front. They do not have that proven goal score, that target man. And Mitrovic really took that over, and it just opened everything up. The combination of, of uh, Kearney getting back to Kearney, the additions to the team, everything then started to push forward. And then we went on this incredible run of all these matches in a row without a loss. It was uh, unbelievable. But when I really knew that Fulham could turn this into a special season, for me, it came down to that match against Wolves mm. at Craven Cottage. Because that was the litmus test. You're going against the best team in the league, and they were from the first game to the last game. They were the best team. So to beat them at Craven Cottage and to see what could potentially happen after that was uh, was really a signal to me that maybe this is going to be their year. And uh, it just continued to build. They would find ways to win, Kevin. That was really the ingredient for me, was they would always find a way to win and they would win matches like Brighton Hove Albion did the year prior. It might not be the prettiest way, but they would find ways to win. It wasn't just outscoring opponents, which they did the season prior. They were just winning matches. They were willing their way to win. Uh, early during the match and then late at the match, they would find different ways to win. And that's what told me that it was a different season. Uh, but then we get near the end of the season, and, and that's where it got nervy because Fulham mm. were potentially gunning for that second place to get automatic promotion. We all wanted automatic promotion. And it comes down to the last day, and they face Birmingham City. And uh, again, all credit to Birmingham City. They lost that match on the road. And that was a real gut check time because you're thinking – you don't want to go through the playoffs. We did not do well the season prior in the playoffs. You didn't want to go through it. It was a letdown. But what I kept going back to in my mind going into that playoff situation against Darby County was, one, I thought we were the better team against Darby County. And then if we got into the playoff final, I liked our chances because of going to Wembley. I thought fit full and well because of the size of the pitch. And I just thought that, that, you know, again, we would have a good opportunity against either one of the teams that were there. And, again, they you know, didn't start off great against Darby County on the road, but they only gave up one goal, and they came home to Craven Cottage, and they took care of business. And next thing you know, they're in the playoff final. And this is where I'll, I'll, I'll uh, share a little personal journey with you, Kevin. Uh, I had yeah. to talk my wife into this. I said, I have to go. I have to go to see Fulham at the final at Wembley. Have to go. So booked my uh, flight, got tickets, and went to Wembley. And uh, I flew out on a Friday night from Boston. I'm, I'm located in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, I arrived Saturday morning, very early Saturday morning. One of my co-hosts picked me up. I was staying with him. We went back to uh, his house in Wimbledon. He lives in Wimbledon. And uh, he made me breakfast, and we were just talking and just relaxing a little bit. I barely got any sleep on the uh, plane. And before I know it, I'm heading on a train to Wembley. So it happened that quickly. Got off the plane, basically got very little sleep, met my uh, friend, and next thing I know, we're off. And got to Wembley, and it's something that I will never forget. The walk up, walk up to Wembley is something that every – uh, support of every team should experience once in their life yeah. because it's just it's majestic you make this walk and you know you're going 
someplace special, and it's a special event. And it was crazy because half of Wembley was filled with Fulham supporters, half was filled with Aston Villa supporters. And it was the most incredible sporting event I've ever been in my life. It was that incredible. I, I've been to AFC Championship games, Kevin. I, I live here in Boston, been to a few with the New England Patriots. I've been to big games for the Red Sox, big games for the Bruins, big games for the Celtics. Mm. I've never experienced anything like this. This was insane. The atmosphere is something that I, I, I really can't fully describe how incredible it was because you're talking about 38,000 foam supporters all together, the majority of us in white because uh, the idea was we were going to create this white wall. So we're all basically wearing shades of white, and it was just an incredible spectacle. And then this is all before the game, and then you have the match. And uh, Fulham get the goal from Tom Kearney set up by Ryan Sessegnon, and you're up 1-0. It's about 25 minutes into it, and you're thinking, that can't be it. You know, you need another one. This is not going to be easy. And um, as the match goes on, Fulham are, are holding their own, but I'm still thinking they need that second goal. And that second goal was not coming. And unfortunately, with yeah. about 20 minutes left, and this is, a, this is what really showed me how Fulham had progressed. Because in years past, this was not going to be possible. 20 minutes to go, uh, Dennis Adoy gets a second yellow and gets sent off. So they're down a man with, 10 minutes, with 20 minutes to go. And then, of course, you're going to have uh, stoppage time as well. And to see that out, to be there, and not knowing how much stoppage time is left at Wembley, I did not know. I really did not know until I heard the final whistle and we all hugged and it was just this amazing moment. But that's just something that will always stick with me. And the people I was with is something that will never leave me because the, I, we're bonded together. Being there for that moment, that special moment, Fulham had not been to Wembley since 1976 or 75, I'm sorry, I, I, I might have got the date wrong there. So for them to get back there after all this time and win it just flips the script of what Fulham supporters know about about uh, Fulham. You know, because again, they're expecting, you know, again, they're expecting the other shoe to drop. It didn't drop this time. And it was just an amazing experience. And that just leads us now for the upcoming season. Yeah, awesome personal story from you there, and it was an awesome uh, journey for Fulham, especially as you mentioned that winless, or sorry, winless, that um, undefeated streak that you went on to really propel yourselves uh, up the table and into contention there for a while was definitely something to behold. What was the reaction throughout Fulham uh, and Fulham fans to being back in the Premier League? Again, you were such long stays in the league to begin with, uh, then obviously are down the championship for a while, but you're finally back in the Premier League. Just what was that like? For the fan base on the whole. Well, this should tell you all you need to know. They sold out season tickets. So that's number one. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I guess you could say it's it's like it, it's like putting on it's like actually riding a bicycle again because it's been four years. So now everyone's back into the same mode of being back in the Premier League and it's fever pitch. Listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you honestly, my podcast Cottage Talk, the numbers are way up because the interest Interest has always been there, but there is this fever pitch. Everyone wants more and more information. There, there are two other great podcasts that talk about Fulham, and we're all doing great work. And I'm sure their podcasts are just as popular as mine because the fans 
cannot wait for this new season to begin. Yeah, and that is awesome, obviously. And we talked a little bit in the pre-show how awesome it is when we get to speak to to the uh, representatives of clubs that have just come up, how much kind of attention gets poured into their clubs. And we're very yep. glad to be uh, doing it ourselves here. Um, next up, I, I want to talk about Yukonovich a little bit. Sure. Obviously did very well to guide you up. Tactics seem spot on, especially after you signed Mitrovic, as you said, that really brought a focal point to the attack. Um, but as we've seen with a lot of promoted sides, Sometimes they get a little trigger finger midway through the season. If they aren't getting the results they want, they let the manager that got them promoted go. Uh, what's your confidence level in Yukonovich yourself, and what do you think the board's confidence is, and do you think he'll finish the season? My confidence level with him is extremely high. He's proven himself to me over the course of his time with Fulham. He came in during a relegation battle and kept Fulham in the league. That was his number one job. Then it was to build from that point on. We got six place the uh, season prior to last season. So that solidified the direction for him we're going. And then, of course, uh, last season is last season. My confidence level, like I just mentioned, is extremely high with him. And uh, I, I understand the question. But I will tell you this. The cons are a little bit different than most owners of, uh, of football teams. They are, they are a different breed. I've learned that. And a good in, a good indication of what I mean is that situation was midway through the championship season last season. We were just talking about I'm on the championship podcast, the championship roundtable, and they're asking me if I think that Jokanovic is going to get sacked because we were kind of in that in that you know that area where you don't know which way they're going to go. And I said, there's no, I, I did, felt very strongly, there's no way the cons are going to sack him unless they were in a relegation battle. I just did not see it happening because they were building the team for him. That's the way I felt. They were bringing in players to fit the style of Yukonovich. That's what it seemed like to me. So I didn't see it happening back then. So then now let's switch to this season. And again, I, I see the type of player that they are trying to recruit, that they're trying to bring. They are catering. Jokanovic's possession style football, which tells me they are they are backing him. So I don't think that he will get sacked. Again, I will go I will say this though. If they are in a relegation battle and they feel that they need someone to fix it, then things can change. But um I'm pretty confident going into this upcoming season. So I do think that he will make it through the season and I think he's going to surprise a great deal of people because he has this style of football. It's a possession style. And the question is, will it work in the Premier League with Fulham? Can they do it? Can they do it? I think they can. I think I think they will have to adjust against certain opponents. But the majority of the league, I think they can still play their possession style football. The cons believe in Jokanovic. And that's why... Unless it's a, a dire situation, I think he makes it throughout the entire season. And and I would back them for it. He is the right man for Fulham. And, uh, you know, I think players are coming to Fulham to, to play under Jokanovic. And, and listen, yeah, we have not— Yeah, especially Siri seemed a fantastic signing. Siri is an incredible signing because, again, this goes back to why I believe the cons are backing Jokanovic. He needs someone that is creative in central midfield. He needs that player that can move the ball. That's Seri. And that speaks volumes of the direction the cons are trying to go. They don't just want 
to survive this season, Kevin. And, and, and that's what happens with a lot of teams that are just promoted. They, they think right off the bat, we have to survive. And that's actually, as a fan, I'm thinking the same thing. We're all, we're all talking about, well, let's just survive the first year. I'm telling you, the cons are not thinking that way. They're thinking, I want to compete. We're going to compete. I'm going to, I'm going to give Jokanovic the players to compete, mm-hmm. not just to just stay in the league. They want to go much further than that. And I remember reading these program notes last season, the end of last season from Shai Khan. And I got the impression by reading this because they were talking about potentially getting back to the Premier League that, that their intention was to compete, basically. And every indication I have right now is that's what they want to do. So with all that said, getting back to Jokanovic, my point in this is they're backing him. So unless it's a dire situation, I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of Fulham fans will certainly be glad to hear your thoughts on that and that he may be sticking around for a very long time indeed. And I think kind of bolstering uh, your point is the fact that the teams that went down last season, a lot of them went for that kind of old guard, they'll keep you up kind of managers, yep. like um, Pardew and Allardyce, although Everton did obviously stay up. Um, but a lot of the teams that went grasping for those kind of managers ended up going down, which I think really bolsters Jokanovic's chances of just being kind of like, stick it out, and, and you'll probably get the return that you like. Um we spoke a lot about, I say we, because I edit it sometimes, but sure. on the championship show, Ryan Sessignon, a topic of much debate. We're not going to do that here. I'm sure everybody on earth okay. is talking about Ryan Sessignon where they're doing their Fulham previews for the new season. So I'm curious to get your take on the other players at Fulham that you think had great seasons last year and players to keep an eye on this year and potentially any signings because I know you mentioned how big Mitrovic was <laughs> yep. literally and also for your team when you brought him in and I know you're also pursuing him but which players sure. should we really be kind of keeping track of uh, now that Fulham are back in the Premier League? Well, if we're not going to talk about Sestian, which is fine, uh, I will then go right to Tom <laughs> Kearney and, and that's where I, I would start and uh, I think he's going to be key to go along with a, a new addition. We've already talked a little bit about him. Um, Jean-Michel Seri. Uh, now, he is coming with incredible pedigree. Uh, and the fact that Barcelona were after him just two years ago just tells you all you need to know. So he's a player that I, th- I think that it was vital for Fulham to get. Nothing against Stefan Johansson. I think that's the role he's taking over. Stefan Johansson is someone that, that will play a role this season. But you needed an upgrade, and this player is a severe upgrade to the passing style that Fulham wants to play. They need a creator. And I'm going to name a player, and it's funny, we talked about this on Cottage Talk, different types of players, but the effect, I think, is going to be similar. Fulham have missed this player since he went to Tottenham Hotspur. Do you know who I'm talking about? Moussa Dembele? You got it. Moussa Dembele. And they they have a different style, but I think the effect is going to be similar. They're, going to, they're both creators. Uh, Moussa Dembele was a creator for Fulham. He, he became that type of player for them. And Sarri, I think, will be that type of player to then uh, get involved, Kearney a little bit further up, and then basically link the play all the way up to the people up front. So those are the two players I'm looking at uh, as key players. But again, they're, you know, again uh, if I'm looking at additions, for me, it's vital, and there's been all kinds of talk about it. They need to get Alexander Mitrovic back. And if they get Alexander Mitrovic back, I think that's going to be a huge 
signal not just to them but to the league that Fulham can do what they they did in the championship, but they can do it on the Premier League. They need that that uh, that focal point, and because you know again it's all predicated. It, it works together as an engine, and if you don't have one part of the engine, that that striker, then it just doesn't work as the way that it should. And for whatever reason, it works great with Mitrovic. So. Signing Mitrovic to me is would be massive. It's not done yet. There's all kinds of speculation that it's close to be done. I'll feel much better, Kevin, if it, if it's done. But if I'm looking at two key players, it it, it really is about Seri and uh, and Kearney. And you know, and listen, Fulham, Fulham have some other players to look out for. You have Cyrus Christie at your right back at this point, taking the place of uh, of Ryan Fredericks who, who left. But I think what, what's also going on, and the reason why I'm not mentioning any other key players at this point, is that I really believe that going to the mindset of the cons, they're looking for upgrades at several positions. Uh, so that's why, you know, again, I'm, I'm thinking that they're potentially going to be adding another center back, a left back. Uh, there's speculation that a new goalkeeper could be on his way to form. That would be great. So what's interesting about this is that I don't think that the cons and Fulham are just looking at the team that they had in the championship and thinking it's good enough for the Premier League. I think that they have ambition and intent to compete. And that's why I'm just giving you a couple names because I think we're going to have more players coming in that are going to add to the squad. Yeah, obviously touching on Mitrovic again, just because of how impactful he was last season. Um, one of the reasons that Newcastle kind of burned out on him so quickly was his temperament. Uh, for those that didn't catch many championship matches last season, was that still an issue for you, or was it just that it was worth it based on the performances he was putting in? It's funny because we were just talking about it, the lack of that attitude issue that uh, he had at Newcastle. Now, there was one incident. I won't mention there was one. And it was uh, in the Millwall match. Uh, a Fulham player was basically, you know, again, if I remember, really tackled badly. And then Mitrovic kind of tackled him badly as well and uh, went after him a little bit. And uh, nothing came of it. But that was the only time I saw any kind of temperament was that time. He has been fantastic beyond that. I think a great deal of his attitude working with Fulham has to go with Jokanovic because Mitrovic, it seems to me, looks up to Savisa because Savisa is like a legend in in Serbia. So he looks up to him. They both played for the same club. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a factor in his attitude being different for Fulham than with Newcastle. I think it just works. And plus, he fits into the way Jokanovic wants to play so that also might change his mentality as well, whereas under Benitez, Mitrovic didn't fit. Yeah, he, he didn't really seem to, to lock in there at Newcastle at either level, uh, especially in the championship where it was Dwight Gale that kind of took over that role right. for them um, as well. So fantastic points from you. And I do hope that he does make it back to Fulham because it did make your so. side a lot more interesting. Uh, to watch on the whole. Um, You mentioned at the top of the show-ish that um, you were pretty confident that Fulham would be able to remain in the Premier League. Obviously, that's the hope of any promoted side. Uh, But what are your expectations for the season? Uh, They could just be that or or anything above that. Sure. The way that I'm looking at it, Kevin, and like I said, if if, uh, certain things happen with recruitment, I'll feel stronger about this prediction. But I am just assuming because I know 
what the cons are trying to do, upgrade several positions, that they will be strengthened. And if they're strengthened in the key areas, which I think that they need to be, then I'm going to say that they could potentially contend for top 10, get to get to 10. I, I just I don't see a relegation battle for Fulham this season. I could be completely wrong, but the cons are trying to avoid that by recruiting well. So it could, you know, listen, I'm, it's such a competitive league. It's such a difficult league. And if you don't get results early in the Premier League, it could set you back. But I can just see the way that, that they are approaching this. And if they get the recruitment right, I think that they can be comfortable mid-table. And that's the way I'm looking at it. And go as high as potentially knocking on 10th. And that would be an incredible achievement. I'm, I'm not expecting 10th, but I'm saying that, that they could be knocking on the door. Yeah, that would certainly be an achievement. Uh, I think Palace managed it their first year up. Uh, yeah. They got top ten. I forget where Newcastle finished last year, but they were they were New- around there. Newcastle, um, I believe, achieved it. it. Went beyond that, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, may- maybe. I-, I do know it was around the tenth spot. I-, I do think you're right, though. I-, I think they may have just topped that or, or landed right there. Um, we have been very efficient with time thus far, so I-, I would like to pick your brain on a couple of the other championship sides, if sure. you don't mind, that have been promoted. Oh. Um, Last season, all three promoted sides stayed up. Hadn't happened in a while. Um, I know Wolves, obviously, uh, controversial a bit in the way they've built their team, but very talented. Obviously, Fulham, you said, you think, are staying up facing top 10. Cardiff, not seen as much confidence. But do you think it's possible that this year's uh, batch of championship and promoted sides have a chance at all staying up again? No. (laughs) Uh, The answer is no. And I'm, and I'll explain why. Um, we'll talk about key players first. I, I'll mention Wolves. Wolves, I believe, are going to have a very good season. This is a talented team. Regardless of how they built their team, like you mentioned, very talented. Players to look out for are Ruben Nevis in central midfield. Extremely gifted player. And then you have to look at Diego Hota up front, a player, very dangerous player, another player to look out for. That full actually interested in, and I'd love to see if they could make happen is Ivan Cavallero. These are three quality players, and I expect Wolves to enhance their team even more. Uh, This is a team that can play very good football, so it's an attractive style. So I like their chances, not just to survive, but to be comfortably mid-table like Fulham. Who knows? They might go even further than than Fulham can because it's a very talented team. I have issues with Cardiff City, so we'll talk about them right now. I think Fulham are going to survive. I think that um, Wolves are going to survive. Cardiff City, Cardiff City, what they're doing right now, they are they're buying a bunch of championship players. And not that that's a bad thing. It, it isn't. It's not a bad thing. But it just shows that they are just looking to survive. And they have a manager in Neil Warnock who plays, let's just say, one of the most boring styles of football you'd ever want to see. <laughs> if you're a Premier League... Are they replacing West Brom in that regard then? Oh, I think they're worse. I, I'm telling you, uh, I, I watched enough of Cardiff City matches down the stretch because, listen, they deserve to get second. So I had to watch to see what was going to happen. I got a chance to watch a good amount of their matches. And at times, Kevin, I'm being honest, it was painful. They're painful to watch. And I'm not expecting anything to be any different. So, but listen, they... They've recruited some good players, but you know one of the players that's a good player, Bobby Reed, is a championship player. Josh Murphy, another good championship player. But 
I don't think that they are striving to be more than just a team that, that can potentially survive. You know, you know, I was joking with someone else. They're actually building a championship team for next season. That's what it seems like. <laughs> and Neil Warnock is not someone that, that gives me confidence. If, if I'm making a prediction, he'll be the first manager sacked. I truly believe that. I, I think it's going to be Neil Warnock. But um, I will tell you another player that is actually a dangerous striker. But again, this is not a team that scores a lot of goals, and that's Kenneth Zahor. He's a good player. So if you're looking for players on Cardiff City, the two that come to mind are Zahor and Bobby Reed. But I don't expect Cardiff City to survive. I, I just don't. I, I don't see it. I, I can just see Premier League teams licking their chops to play them because they're not going to offer much going forward. And uh, they are, they're going to play a very defensive style, and they're going to try to win a match on a set piece. And uh, I think that's going to be very difficult in the Premier League. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Middlesbrough a little bit. Um, the year they were up in the Premier League, then where that like they did have a top ten defense, but just nothing else yes. to support it. Yes, uh, but but I will tell you, Middlesbrough is a more talented team than this Cardiff than City this Cardiff team. team. Again, that's just my opinion. Yeah, you know, again, I watched enough of their matches. I want to give them all the credit that they deserve because they earned it. Yeah, they deserve to be and, second. And as you mentioned earlier, beat you to they, the to the automatic spot. They did so. So they deserve it. But it's a different league. It's a step up. And this is a championship team now playing in the Premier League. And they're not acting like a team that's in the Premier League. Because if they were, they'd be recruiting a little bit differently, in my opinion. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Um, well, that'll do us as we just about reach the half hour mark here. Uh, absolute pleasure speaking with you, Russ. I'm very glad to have you uh, on board with the Premier League show for the rest of the season. Uh, in the interim, why don't you tell folks where they can find you? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also the Twitter account for Cottage Talk, simply Cottage Talk. You can actually listen to the show on Apple Podcasts. It's on Acast. It's pretty much everywhere that you can uh, listen to a podcast. It's on all kinds of apps now. So <laughs> please do uh, feel free to check it out. It's actually hosted on blogtalkradio.com. So if you do Put in blogtalkradio.com slash cottage talk. You can reach it there, but there are plenty of places to uh, listen to the show. And I'm expanding cottage talk and I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be giving the best possible coverage I think I can give for full in this season. And uh, I'm fortunate because I, I enjoy doing podcasts about Fulham. And like I mentioned, there are two other really good podcasts and we have a great group of of uh, different shows now, Talk and Foam. It's wonderful, and uh, I look forward to this upcoming season. Yeah, well, again, welcome to the Premier League, uh, folks listening. Thanks so much for tuning in to our first episode of the 2018-19 season. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. We hope you keep listening. 